I do think that there's value in setting these like many goals on the way to the big goal. Because when you start achieving and when you start seeing success, that is like the catalyst for a lot of motivation. It's like starting and getting some results. And then you're like, oh, I like the way that I'm looking or feeling or whatever. And then you're motivated to keep going and working towards that next goal. The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and bad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Kelsey, and I have Aisha Zaza on with us today, and I'm super excited to talk to you and touch base with you again after the last time we've met. Yeah. Hi, Kelsey. So great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I love how we met. Actually, that's like such a memorable time, <laughs> like right before the pandemic on the show. I don't know if you want to like bring that up at all, but that was such a fun experience. Oh yeah. To- like I don't, sometimes when I think back, like I've, I was talking to someone the other day and I was like, yeah, I was on this show one time. Like it was just a wild ride of like, Hey, we're going to go out to LA and then like, just be on this show. And I don't know if you knew, like, I didn't know what this show like entailed when I went there. So I was like, so what are we going to do? And they were like, yeah, it's going to be like an intense game of like tag kind of with like obstacles. And I was like, I, I don't know. (laughs) This will be cool, but like, let's try it. I 100% did not know what we were getting ourselves into. And they did keep it very kind of like secretive. They're like, imagine American Ninja Warrior, but like with tag. And I was like, okay, this sounds kind of intimidating. And it was. (laughs) And it was. Yeah, it was. It was so scary, but so much fun. Loved that we got to meet that way in LA a few years back. And here we are both with podcasts now. Wild. Here we are just still doing the fitness thing. I love that though, because like sometimes I'm like, that was such a cool way to meet like other fitness people, like people in the fitness space too, and just like connect. And then obviously the people that you stay connected to, you end up just like, if you find someone, you're like, yeah, we align, like we'll stay. Like I still follow Aisha on social media. I've got to like from afar, see your two beautiful children. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's been probably the biggest addition to my life since we were on the show in 2019 or when we filmed it. And yeah, I mean, a lot of fitness and stuff has happened in that meantime and just kind of juggling this new chapter of like motherhood and businesswoman and also just trying to be very present. This time passes like very, very quickly. And it's very clear with with kids, like you just see them grow so fast. And it's just always finding this balance of like keeping up with my ambitions and my passions, but also doing what I think is my most important job, which is raising good people. So 
I, I was thinking that was just like made me think of one of the memes I see all the time where I'm like, I'm trying to raise these humans and drink some water and like stay fit and also be present and also do a business and also keep ambitions. And it's just like all of these things happening is just like so relatable to like how most of us feel on a daily basis of like, am I doing enough of all of these things? It really is a lot. And it's funny because before I became a mom, I, I saw people as parents and it just kind of looked like this natural progression of life and like that everyone was just figuring it out. And you know that it's like hard and you hear that it's kind of hard, but you see everyone just from this outside perspective. And it looks like everyone just knows how to do everything and it goes kind of smoothly and whatever, but it is so much effort. It's so much work. It's so much planning. There's a lot constantly like you're guessing, you know, is this the problem? Is Could this be the solution? There's all these things that come up that I just feel like aren't like talked about and shared as much. So I've tried to be really open on my social media platforms and, you know, the podcast just about transitioning into motherhood, because I think also a lot of women are entering that phase of life a little bit later in life than we used to. And as everyone is very transient too, people are not near their families all the time. So it's, you know, like us, we're kind of, we live in Santa Barbara. My family lives in Northern California. My husband's lives out of state. And it is a lot of work when you don't have family around, which is not how it used to be. You used to have this like bigger family unit and it was the village, you know, helping you raise your kids. So there's a lot of navigating like how to do this in this like modern culture. And it's been a learning process for sure. I love that you're sharing that like it isn't necessarily this like seamless, like natural progression of like being a parent because I feel like that is one of the most intimidating things that feels like we're all unprepared. But if everyone is unprepared, then it's like, oh, okay, none of us really know what we're doing, right? Like it's, it, that is like so much more comforting for me than like, yeah, well, you'll figure it out because everyone figures it out. And it's like, but what if I don't? <laughs> right. I always wanted to know, people would always say this before I had kids. They would be like, having kids is the hardest job and also the most rewarding job you'll ever have in your life. And there was something so ambiguous about that because you're like, what does that mean? What does that feel like in the day to day? Like, can you tell me what that looks like and the things I'll be going through? And it really is something that you'll just never know until you go through it. But it is, you do, I mean, there, it's not just like, okay, blam, it happens. And then you're like figuring things out, like in a hurry, there is this like progression. You obviously have like nine to 10 months of pregnancy. And then as you go through it, like you're figuring things out as you go. It's never just like this. You get smacked in the face and you know, you're left. I mean, it is a little like you get smacked in the face. But <laughs> What I wanted to really allude to is that like, I don't want to intimidate your, you know, anyone who's listening that is kind of on the fence, maybe of having kids or wondering if they should, because they are scared of the sacrifices that it'll take. Because I definitely had those reservations before becoming a mom. I was like, 
I don't feel ready. I know I want a family for later in life, but I never felt this huge urge to start a family. I never really wanted a a baby. Like my maternal clock didn't go off. Like people often say like, oh, you'll just know when you're ready. And I was like, well, I'm like still waiting and I don't want to wait too long though. And I, you know, so it's this weird and I had to just get pushed into it. It had to happen by surprise because had I waited until I was ready, I'm not sure what that would have looked like or when it would have been. And so it is this like, it is this hard, but I also was able to draw from a lot of past experiences, the show included, like not knowing what you're getting yourself into. And as you go through it, you're living your way into the answers. You're, you're kind of living your way into how it feels, which yes, is scary and kind of intimidating, but it's also, it really is the best thing that in life, you know, like how people say it's the the hardest and the best. It is so much more the best than it is hard, or I guess it just makes the hard worth it. Worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to encourage those who are listening, (laughs) who don't have kids yet that are, that kind of hate that narrative about how like parenting is, Oh, do everything before you have kids or you'll never sleep again. It's like, there's all this fear mongering too around. Yes. Like the, I feel that like fear mongering. I'm like, why, why do you think anything that you're saying right now is like work, like pushing me in the direction? Like it's a real like fear mongering thing, like sleep now, enjoy your time now. And it's like, maybe I don't want kids. No, totally. <laughs> like, no one wants to give up like their sleep and their freedom forever and their flexibility and I definitely was so scared of what all that would look like too, because athletically I, I had big, like right before I got pregnant, I ran my first full marathon. I was like finding my stride and running pun intended, I guess. (laughs) And I was really upset. I I really thought that like, I was never going to have the time or the energy to do anything again ever. And it's, it's not that way you figure it out. Like when the things that are important to you, are non-negotiable, you do find a way to make it all work. You know, no one also really talks about how your priorities kind of shift a little bit more willingly than you anticipate before you have kids too. So I just want to say too, that it's like, you kind of want the ways that your life is changing more than you do before it all happens. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it a hundred percent does. And I do want to talk to you a little bit, like you work with a ton of people and you have helped a lot of women kind of get to, or like reach their goals and working with them to get to their goals. Can you tell us just a little bit about your journey and how it led you to your passion with helping others? Yes. So I have always really loved inspiring people to step outside of their comfort zone and to kind of push their limits, whether that is in fitness or just taking the road less traveled in any way. I just really love showing people what they're made of, I guess. And so through my own business venture with um, my network marketing business, I kind of stepped into this place of empowering people to create life by design, if you will. And in the fitness space, I love like you to push my limits. Like I I like that physical 
challenge where you know that when the pain starts, it's like, that's when the race is just getting started. Whereas most people think like, okay, I'm going to stop because this hurts now. It's like, no, that is your sign to keep going to some degree. And so I have a longstanding uh, background with CrossFit for 11 years. Um, I played sports in high school. And I think like most adults who don't continue on to play college, uh, sports in college and thereafter, who still love to be competitive, CrossFit is a perfect fit because you get that that push from the community and the workouts are very challenging. And it's just really fun to see your progress. But I never loved running also like most CrossFitters. <laughs> You're like, Murph? Mm, it's funny. I'm actually, I have plans that weekend. No, <laughs> I always loved the idea of running though. And whenever I would visit beach towns like LA or San Diego, I loved when I went down to the beach and saw people running along the bike path and it just looked like such a healthy lifestyle. And I was like, man, if I ever live by the beach, like... I'm going to take advantage of that. And I, this is exactly how I would want to live my life. So fast forward to the end of 2016, my husband and I moved to Santa Barbara from Lake Tahoe. And here I was in my beach town and I still was like not out there running. And really it was because I had this big expectation that in order to be a runner or for that to count for me for some reason, to count for what I'm not sure, but I had this like arbitrary number that I had to go out and run five miles. If it was like a good enough workout or if I was doing enough and I really was missing the point because it should have been about getting out consistently, but instead I would get out there sporadically and run, try to run five miles, which I couldn't and it hurt and I didn't enjoy it. So anyways, a couple years later, I was like, I need to just drop this expectation that I need to be taking like these quantum leaps towards like running these longer distances than I can. And I just went out and started running like one to two miles at a time until that felt really good. And then I was running three miles. I would add a little bit, you know, for like one run a week and I would still just build my base. Like where two miles, I would be able to go and do that. Like no problem. And I ended up working my way up to a half marathon within like six months of like starting this, you know, releasing my expectations of what it looked like to be a runner. After that half marathon, I just had this like wild thought that I was like, could I do what I just did one more time? Could I run 13.1 miles again? Instead of looking at it like 26.2 miles, I was like, could I just do it one more time? What I just did. And for some reason that felt a lot more palpable to me. And so I then couldn't unthink this idea of running a full marathon. And I went online to see what races were within like 12 to 16 weeks out. So that way I could have like a proper training block. And it happened to be that the LA marathon was like perfectly timed if I registered like right then and there and started training. So I went through, I, I basically just pulled the trigger right there and my stomach kind of dropped. I was like, what am I doing? Then all of a sudden it was like, no, it is 26 miles. Like get ready. And I, I had such a transformative experience in training for and running my first full marathon. And I really wanted to find a way to scale that experience and give people what I got out of staying consistent and following through with something because I said I would, you know, how often do we say we want to do this? And then like a week into something, it's like, 
it just teeters out. Or we say we want to make a lifestyle change and we don't see the results right away. And so naturally we start doing less and less of the the efforts that will get us to where we want to be, which ensures that we will not find the results we're looking for. So I was like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it like correctly. I'm going to keep my promise and like every run that I'm scheduled to do in this training block, if it's raining, if the sun is out, if I'm traveling, like I am not negotiating with this. Like I want to prove to myself that I can do it. So about probably nine months later is when I came up with the idea of my podcast, which is called the mindset mile. And I was like, it just came to me like a bolt of lightning. I was actually visiting some friends in San Diego and I was on a walk. I was kind of in between like visiting some people and I was on a walk by myself and it just was like a bolt of lightning. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to make a podcast and I'm going to make it a challenge where the first 30 days are bite size episodes talking about personal development And the call to action is going to be for the audience to run or walk one mile a day while listening to the podcast. And the whole concept behind it is that it's so easy to do, right? Anyone can walk or run a mile a day and they can do it from anywhere. They don't need anything else but their body and headphones if they're listening to the podcast. But it's so simple to do that it's equally as simple to not do. But therein lies the difference. You know, that is the slight edge of your your habits and how consistency will either work for you or against you in whatever you're doing. So now the podcast is, um, season one is the first 30 episodes, which is the mindset mile challenge. So people can pick that up from any time they can, um, start from episode one and start it at any time, or you can sign up for my newsletter and, weekly, you'll receive like the next seven episodes. That way it's like super easy to find and not lose track of like where you're at. And it's been really cool to see how many people across the world have taken me up on this challenge and how their lives have changed because they showed up every day, like they said they would. And my, the podcast is coming up on its hundredth episode and 2 million downloads, which is just such a cool milestone that I never saw when I first started it. So that's kind of the background of of me and a little bit of my fitness story and like how I came to be into this like kind of more coaching space with mindset and fitness. I love that. And honestly, some of the best ideas, like when you're just living the thing, when you're just doing it and you find out some different things about yourselves, that is when you come up with things like this would help someone else. Like they're just the most organic thoughts of like, Hey, I'm out on a walk. Like I could challenge others to do the thing and like just show up for themselves. Just like I'm continuously showing up. And it almost for me, when I have things like that, I'm like, it empowers me more to know that like I can do it with other people. Like, okay, I'm, I'm showing up and like, it does get hard, but like we could do it together. (laughs) Like I could share this with someone. Exactly. And naturally that is, I think what a lot of people ended up doing with the podcast is that they would find it and they would find a friend to do it with. And it's accountability is really huge because it's like, you're the first one that's going to bail on yourself, but you're not going to bail on someone else that's also in it, you know? So I do think that that is how it started to gain a lot of traction is because people were doing it in groups or with someone else. And this was also in the very beginning of 2021 where still gyms were kind of limited or closed or people weren't going to the gym. And 
there was a big followership in Australia that formed. And I don't know if you were following much of like their lockdowns were just so intense and so crazy. And I, so many people from like New Zealand and Australia were catching on to the mindset mile because it gave them something to do. Like they couldn't leave their houses long farther than I think it was like three or five kilometers. And like, there were very, very strict restrictions. So the mindset mile gave them something to plug into that, let them know that they weren't alone. And that gave them some helpful mindset tips to just make it through this really challenging time and also give them a way to move their bodies. Yeah, it's such an important time. So you talk about the mental aspect a little bit. So I want to dive into that a little bit more when it comes to the mental aspect and then also habit building. What do you think are the most common mistakes people make when trying to implement changes like without addressing the mental aspect? Well, there's a few things that I see most in a failure to launch, we'll call it, or failure to stay because a lot of people start things and not many stay with them. And I think there's a few things that contribute to that. One is that people aren't prepared. And someone once told me about the six P's and the six P's are proper preparation prevents piss poor performance. And that always has stuck with me when I want to start something that I am committed to doing. If you're not, if you're starting with like your same old habits and you're like, I'm just going to try harder this time to show up, or I'm going to will myself more to, you know, go to the gym five times a week, or I'm going to try harder to not eat the candy or the junk food. Willpower only gets you so far there really are other elements to breaking bad habits that beating yourself into submission is not going to do. And that, in fact, that perpetuates this cycle of failing like shortly after starting is because you find yourself getting really upset and really disappointed. And you're like, see, I, I can never follow through with things. I knew this was going to happen where the new year's resolution comes around two weeks later, people are not finding themselves at the gym as frequently as they wanted already. And then they just throw in the towel. They have this like all or nothing mentality. And I think that knowing that doing something is better than doing nothing when it comes to staying consistent and also just managing your expectations of what you're able to do, whether that's with your time and also the results that you're getting, you know, like if if you're expecting to lose a bunch of weight in two weeks or 30 days, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. Physiological change that happens when you're losing weight and you're getting into the shape you want takes months and years to build. So having patience, I think is a really big thing and really letting go of that all or nothing mindset. Like I said, another thing that I think is super important when it comes to breaking bad habits is not just going cold Turkey. So a lot of people are like, okay, I want to, I'm going to quit smoking or I'm going to stop drinking, or I'm not going to have the the chips right when I come home, like whatever the thing is that, that they run to, it's like the default setting instead of just quitting it and expecting yourself to be able to follow through with that without any hiccups or bumps in the road, instead replace the habit with something else. So maybe instead of the chips or the candy, fill your bowl with some pistachios or like some other kind of like a healthier, maybe it's like some cucumber and hummus, or instead of just reaching for whatever the junk food is, replace it with something. Maybe instead of 
having the cigarette, it's going for a walk around your office building, you know, like doing something else in replace and replace the bad habit with something instead of thinking that you can cut it out altogether because you're so much more likely to go back to it and, and default to those settings. So I think that that is a huge piece. And then I guess lastly, I mean, there's so many things, but another thing that comes to top of mind is that people don't truly believe that they can really make the change that they want. They have some underlying belief and rhetoric that they are speaking to themselves about how it's not going to work or that they are too late to get started or that they're not good enough. They're not pretty enough. They're not something enough. And so really paying attention to the way that you speak to yourself is huge because if you're listening to yourself all day long, your mind is going to tell you all the reasons why it's not going to work. It's going to tell you all the reasons why you're going to fail, why you're not good enough. It's going to look for reasons to keep you in your comfort zone. That's just how our brains are programmed. So being really aware of your mindset and how you talk to yourself is going to play a huge role in your success in anything, whether that's fitness, business, saving money, your relationships, everything. Yeah. See, I think that's such an important point because like it's how we're programmed by how we're programmed is for our body to keep us safe, to keep us within our like safety constraints and the evolution of that, of what's deemed safe or uncomfortable is really something that we have to work against because like we are in general safe. Like we're not running from lions. Like we're not like in most people are not worried about like finding shelter for the day or anything like that. Like our minds want to keep us in this safe zone in this like you, this is where comfort. So we go back to all of these comfort things when in reality, we would like to push that comfort zone a little bit. We would like to push it a little bit more on a daily basis so that we can grow and so that we can evolve. But if you don't check those thoughts, if you don't really think about them as like not being, they don't know essentially what you're capable of. Like those intrusive thoughts of like, you're not good enough. You're not pretty enough of like all of these feet, this feedback that you're getting on a daily basis from things outside of your body. Like all of these things aren't necessarily right. Your thoughts are not facts. Like we need to address, address them honestly for how they are. Because I think a lot of people, when they start these changes are thinking about like, they don't actually believe them. They know based on like, either their doubts or past experiences that if they try and make a change, like I'm probably going to fall off in a month or I'm not going to be able to stick this or setting unrealistic expectations or goals that are just not even attainable. Like setting something about like losing 30 pounds or 30 days, whatever, any of those type of goals. Like if you know that it's not like a healthy or sustainable way to achieve that goal why are we setting ourselves up for failure just to have these like big goals? Like that's not, that's the, the, then we're just in a constant state of failure. And what you're actually learning is that you are a failure, right? Like that you are thinking of yourself as like, well, I, I just don't, I'm not someone who reaches, who achieves my goals that I set for myself. Absolutely. I totally agree with that with setting too big of goals. I do. And it's like hard to say that because you want to have this like dream big, like mantra and, and mindset, 
But I do think that there is something, there's value in setting these like many goals on the way to the big goal. Because when you start achieving and when you start seeing success, that is like the catalyst for a lot of motivation. You know, it's like starting and getting some results. And then you're like, Oh, I like the way that I'm looking or feeling or whatever. And then you're motivated to keep going and working towards that next goal. So I do think that is also a big piece is not setting unrealistic goals just for the sake of setting a big goal. The shock, the shock factor. <laughs> yeah. So I know that you, how do you work with clients who have aggressive schedules or have like a family and feel like it's difficult for them to get movement in during the day or make some changes? Is there any advice that you kind of give to someone who says like, I just like this, I have a really aggressive schedule and have a difficult time making time for myself. It is hard. We're not, we're all working with the same 24 hours in the day. And obviously our schedules and our, what is on our plates look a little different. And to me, when something is important enough to you, you do make it work. So it's, you kind of have to schedule it in to your to-do list. Like if it is a priority and that also means really sifting through what you're looking at as a priority. Because if everything is a priority, then nothing is a priority, right? So really, it goes back to managing your expectations of how much you can get done in a day. And trust me, like I love being productive and getting a million things done in one day. But like those, that is not really possible for me with two young kids now. And so I really need to look at like, okay, what are the most important things for me in my life. And like, this is a, this isn't just about like me getting exercise today and like gains, right? Like this is not about the here and now this is about the longevity of my life and like how I want to feel when I'm older. Therefore it is a very big priority to me. And there are days where I can't get to the gym or I don't get movement in and I am okay with that. I think just stepping back and being like, okay with life happening because you cannot, we're not robots. We, everything is not predictable in our days. There are going to be days that get away from you, giving yourself that grace and being like, okay, I'm I'm starting again tomorrow. I think really like going easy on yourself is the best way to start building consistency. And I know that that sounds kind of backwards because you need to be disciplined. I'm not saying you can't be disciplined, but you do have to account for what you're able to do in your day. So there's two things there. I think it's a matter of putting it into the schedule and treating it as if it were an appointment or picking your kids up from school, treating it like a non-negotiable and also giving yourself grace when you can't get it in. And just knowing that tomorrow, like one day is not going to kill you. It's not going to make a difference. This is about the big picture. And it's about a lifestyle and your lifestyle it, when you are doing it more consistently than you are not, that is, that's where the magic is. It's not about like 30 days in a row or bust. It goes back to that all or nothing mentality. And it's kind of learning to let that go a little bit and also making sure that it is scheduled into your day. And it's, you, you know, exactly where it fits if things go accordingly. Yeah. That's great advice because I think talk to my listener, our listeners about this a bit too, is that like, 
it is an appointment with yourself and it's treated like any other appointment. It's not just this kind of like, well, maybe if I get to it, because maybe if I get to it is not, you're not going to get to it. (laughs) It's as simple as that because like life is throwing too many things at you for you to not purposefully put movement. If that's what it is for you into your schedule to have an overall picture of life and longevity and how you want to feel long-term. And it's not like if you want miss one workout, like it's not it. That's not like the one, one meal, you know, we say this all the time, but like one meal, one workout, one, anything is not, is not a whole picture. Like it is just all of the small habits that come together. And that kind of leads me into my next question with you. It's just like, what is one habit or change that people could make today that would help improve, like that would help get some movement in or that would be, that would help improve like their thought process around getting movement in? I mean, honestly, I don't mean to be biased, but the Mindset Mile Challenge is a great place to start. And even if people don't listen to the podcast, like that's totally fine. I hope that they do. And I hope that it serves them big, but you know, the challenge of walking a mile a day, I think is completely underrated because you are going to feel a lot different after 30 days. And this is where I used to get caught up with running is I thought like, okay, I need to run five miles for it to matter. And if I couldn't do it, or if I didn't do it, then I would just throw in the towel and I would maybe try again in a month or two months down the road. Eventually, you know, running or walking one mile a day is one mile more than zero. You know what I mean? Like you really have to look at it like, okay, if I walked 30 days consecutively and it was just one mile, that's 30 miles, 30 miles that you are like intentionally moving your body. Whereas if you looked at it just at like in day-to-day segments, sure. Yeah. Like a mile is not that big of a deal. Like it's easy to let it go, but you are going to be working that's 30 miles you would have not walked in one month if you just looked at it like that because you forego this idea that it needs to be all or nothing or this like big amount for it to matter. And so I think just doing that and building consistency with, um, I mean, everyone has 10 to 15 minutes. Like there just isn't an excuse for that. You know what I mean? Like that is just you either letting everything else come into your way and like railroading you, like you either need to take charge of your day in some small way, or it's going to take charge of you. So I really think that a mile walking a mile a day or running a mile a day is a great place to start building better habits because it will change you. You know, it sounds kind of small, but there are people that have messaged me from all over the world that have stopped the habit of smoking, or they signed up for their first 5k or their first half marathon, or even ran their first full marathon because of this podcast, you know, or like because of this challenge. And so it's amazing. Like people have messaged me saying that they started their online stores or their Etsy shop, or they started this course, or they left the job that they felt like they needed to stay at because it was, you know, X, Y, Z. It's really incredible, like what a little bit of consistency will show you about yourself and like the courage it'll give you to follow through with something else you keep saying that you want to do. So, I mean, yeah, mindset mile, baby. 
Nisha, you're doing amazing work. You're doing so great. I'm just so excited for you. And I'm so glad that we got to connect and talk about it because it really is, it really is more than that. Like it building consistency and confidence in yourself that you will achieve the goals that you set for yourself, even when it's something as small that takes just 15 minutes, that just is, is a mile or something that you would think is just like small. And maybe it's just about movement, but it's really not about movement. It's about building confidence with yourself that when you say you're going to do something, you do it. And you have to build that confidence within yourself, just like you would build that in every other relationship in your life. Like you, when people say they're going to do something, you either count on them or you don't. And the truth is, is that we have more opportunities to not earn our own trust or earn our own trust because we're making decisions with ourselves every day. Like we have the opportunity to let ourselves down every single day or to do something that we said we're going to do. And like when people, when we talk about confidence, especially with women, when we talk about changes and habits and ways that we can build courage, it's like, it's not this giant thing. It's not this far off. Like you have to do this like big giant thing. Like either you run a marathon or you're not a runner. It's not these giant things. It's these small agreements that you make with yourself that you meet that you say, I said that I was going to do this thing. And I did this thing. Good. I trust me. And the thing that about trust is that it is going to build confidence. I trust in my decisions. I trust in my ability to lead. I trust in my ability to make healthy changes. I trust in my ability to make decisions that serve me. Maybe that's leaving a job. Maybe that's starting a business, whatever. But like building that trust is just so important and so foundational in everything that we're doing that is just like, it's everything. <laughs> I couldn't agree more with you. And I think that this is the biggest form of self-care. We're being sold something all the time, right? Like the next product or service or whatever. And not to say that there aren't great products and great services that we need and want and can take advantage of to like help in lots of different areas of our life. But I think really when you strip self-care down to its simplest form, it's a verb and it's not a noun. And it is this confidence to trust yourself, like you're saying. And I think that that is the piece that is overlooked in building consistency and building better habits is that it's not necessarily about the outcome you're expecting, which is maybe to lose weight or improve your mile time or whatever. It's literally who you become in that process. And I think that there is, that's not talked about enough in the self-care world. No, so that is no, really it is not that I want to encourage people to come from is trusting and committing to the process instead of being so results driven, because that's where the magic happens. Yeah. Yeah, you are so right. So before I tell my listeners where they can find more from you, I wanted to, so we're starting this new segment at the end where we just ask people, it's called lift or drop. So just a little insight into your day or your week. What are you lifting or bringing into next week? And what are you dropping? What are you leaving behind? Ooh, I'm going to start with what I'm leaving behind. I'm leaving behind expectations for my three and a half month old son who <laughs> is keeping me up a lot at night. I think we're going through the four month sleep regression a little early. Things are just very unpredictable. And the more that I was trying to 
fix, you know, and I'm doing little like quotations around fix. I think as parents, we're always looking to like fix problems that will make our days easier. And the more that I was trying to like fix things, I was like, okay, I'm going to try this throughout the day to help like his sleep at night, or I'm going to do this. I really was getting myself so worked up and very frustrated because I was up again all night. And I'm just, there are days where I'm just so tired and I'm like, I become resentful because I'm like, nothing's working. And it's like, this isn't a matter of making something work. This is just like a developmental process that he needs to go through and that I need to lean into instead of resisting. So I'm going to really, or I'm dropping expectations of how my day will go and how my nights will go with my sweet little boy, Oliver, because that is just, yeah, that's a mind game in and of itself. So that's what I'm dropping. What I'm lifting is my hope. I think hope is a really big factor in how you operate and how you feel throughout your day and how you look at situations. And there tend to be seasons in life that feel for me personally, a little heavier and a little more stressful and not as fluid as I like. And I then start to compound problems and I go down this like spiral of what is known as like future tripping. I like think of future Asia problems and it makes me feel like this is my new reality that like, this is the way that things are. And this is the way that things are going to be. And I'm going to feel this way forever. And it's this snowball effect. And so I want to lift my hopes because when you are looking up and you're looking forward and you have hope about your future, that your best days really are ahead of you it helps you live more presently in the moment because I'm not that that prevents you or it stops like your anxious tendencies in their tracks when you have hope about how things are going to change for the better. So that's what I'm lifting and that's what I'm dropping. I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, those are uh, those are amazing. I'm going to steal some of those. Oh, yay. good. <laughs> I love it. Can you tell everyone, because they want to hear more and see more from you, can you tell them where they can find you? Yes. So find me on Instagram at Aisha Zaza. That's A-I-S-H-A-Z-A-Z-A. And then they can also find the podcast, The Mindset Mile, anywhere podcasts are listened to. And you can also drop me a quick hello if you want to email me at asia at themindsetmile.com. And when people subscribe to my newsletter, which is just to get through the first 30 days of the program, there's an email sent once a week that has the, uh, the seven upcoming episodes. There, they'll also receive a free downloadable journal insert that prompts them. I'm really big on like journaling and writing things down. So, um, it prompts it. There's three prompts that they can finish within like three to five minutes every day, you know, about what they're grateful for, what they took away from that episode and just another habit stack, um, to help them help them throughout their day. So I can't wait to connect with their audience. Yeah, I love that. Definitely check her out, guys. I'll put some of those in our show notes just so they can kind of like easily find you. So if you're listening, you can check that out in your show notes. If you can't, if you're driving and you couldn't write it down, but definitely check her out. And thank you so much for coming on. 
Thanks, Kelsey. It was so great to connect with you and we'll chat soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, get in our free app, CVG Nation, available in your app store. We have an amazing community of women, coaches to help you with your movements, challenges, and we give away leggings daily in there. Rachel and I are in there every day, so it's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. Have an amazing week. Crush your goals.